Hey guys, this is Liz, and you're listening to episode 24 of Tacos and Tales. podcast for the taco enthusiast. My name is Liz and I have a very special guest host with me here tonight. Say hello. Hey y'all. So you guys know my mom. She's been on the podcast before. Um, Jane is actually somewhere on the west coast. Frolicking in the sunshine. (laughs) Um, So today my mom will be sitting in in her place. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. She'll be telling us a couple of interesting experiences that she has had later on in the podcast. So I've been, for the past couple of weeks, I've been telling Latin folklore stories. Just kind of trying to get you caught up in case you're not caught up on the most recent episodes. (laughs) You're not listening to us. (laughs) I'm talking to you. (laughs) I have fallen off on my listening. (laughs) That's okay, but so yeah, I've I've been talking about some Latin folklore because I feel like a lot of the stories aren't really known because they're not really accessible because a lot of them are online, but they're in Spanish. So what I've been doing is I look for Spanish stories that I can bring out and hopefully introduce to the podcast world. Much like the story that I'm going to tell you today, which is a Panamanian story. And this is the story of La Tuli Vieja. Usually I give a English translation, but I don't know <laughs> what the English <laughs> translation of that would be. Well, vieja is like old woman. Right. Tuli, I looked it up and it said that it was kind of like a hat. But I, I don't know if that's the correct translation for that. But um, it's the story of the the Tuli Vieja, and this story comes from a time where it is said that the spirits would live together openly with the living. Oh. Uh, One day, a spirit saw the most beautiful girl in the world and decided to seduce her. They fell in love and had a child. Then, something changed in the woman and made her feel that their love and the baby that came from the love were an abomination. So to hide her sin, she drowned the baby in the river. Drowned the baby in the river. You know, it's interesting how so often in these um, stories, the mother drowns or kills the children. And also interesting that it's usually because of something that a man has done. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I was, has wronged them in some way. I was reading that this story kind of has a little correlation, or it's kind of like a, another version, if you will, of La Llorona, La Llorona or right. any other of the stories that we've told on here where, again, the mom kills her child and, and then is then searching for it. Right. So after she committed this act... The beautiful woman was then named La Tulivieja and was punished by God for her 
for her horrible act. (laughs) 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 And uh, what he did, supposedly, allegedly, was that he turned her into a horrible monster with a face full of holes from which coarse, bristle-like hairs grew. And instead of hands, she had claws. And her body was turned into the body of a cat, and her legs were turned into legs of a horse. Wow. Interesting. That's... (laughs) (laughs) I'm still trying to get past the hairy holes. (laughs) (laughs) I I did read another variation where it says that she has the wings of a bat and the body of a hawk. So, I guess depending on what part of Panama you're in is the part that you're more familiar with. Um, so, it's, it's supposedly she wanders the banks searching for her child um, and she emits these noises that sounds like sound like a bird call. I imagine like a like a hawk, maybe? Probably a hawk or a crow or something screechy, I would imagine. Yeah. And get this. Her breasts are said to be full of milk. And as she walks, the milk flows out. Gross and ants are said to be following following her and drinking the, the, the blood, the milk <laughs> that comes out of her breasts. Ew. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it said that she appears by rural, rural villages because she's attracted by crying of babies or howling of dogs, which she also tends to confuse with babies. And um, she likes to eat ashes and coal. So people have said that they find claw marks in the ashes of their fireplace. Okay, now when you say fireplace... A fireplace is usually indoors. Inside of the house. Inside of a home. (laughs) Yeah, or I imagine in in Panama that maybe in kitchens, you know? Possibly. You know, patios. Yeah. Wherever it is, that's a good place. And then on full moon nights, uh, she can be seen in her original beautiful form, bathing in the river. But at the slightest sound, she changes back into the hideous monster. She is also said to be the punisher of unfaithful and lustful men. That's another theme that tends to be reoccurring in these stories. As me and Jane have um, often noticed, is that the person will be a punisher or a something of unfaithful men or womanizers or, you know? Right. It, like I said, it, it's interesting that a lot of these stories all go back to the same root, and that is the evil that men do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there really haven't, we haven't really found too many that are cautionary to women to not be, you know, doing bad things but yeah that's an interesting theme that always comes up in these stories and so similarity yeah and so with that she attracts the men with her ample breasts and there you again easy to to do (laughs) never mind that she has like a hairy face and 
a body of a cat and horse legs, but she got some big old, <laughs> big old breasts. Leaky breasts. That's all that they see. <laughs> and so she invites them to dance, and with her claws, she tears them to shreds. Hmm. Well, that's what he gets for being so... <laughs> <laughs> Taken over by her leaky breasts. The only way to defend herself from her is to have handy some tool, T-U-L-E, which is a kind of plant. And uh, the tool should be blessed by Cebu, which is a demigod who is said to have created the earth, adapted it for human use, and taught the people the art of civilization. And apparently, uh, supposedly, this plant will blind her and get rid of her, so you will no longer be in her claws. Hmm. And that is the story of La Tulivieja from Panama. Well, very interesting. I yes. had never heard that particular story. Mm-hmm. I hadn't either. Have I asked you what your favorite topic was? No. But to be honest? <gasps> what? What do you mean to be honest? You don't really I mean, like tacos? I thought it was a <laughs> or something. No, to be honest, I think my favorite tacos are your good old hamburger, mm. ground beef, fried tortilla. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed that story. And I was telling Jane that there was a series that was going to come out on NBC. Supposedly, it was the brainchild of Eva Longoria. And it was going to have to do with, like, this, like, Latin folklore. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But... The only thing that I could find was articles from 2016, and there's nothing else about it. Oh, so maybe it didn't. Yeah, but but me and Mandy were talking about how that seems to be another reoccurring thing is that a lot of stuff that has to do with Latin uh, culture and stuff just gets swept under the rug. swept under and it doesn't get picked up. Swoosh, swoosh, the sound of the broom sweeping the man under the rug. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, but... It was it was going to cover a lot of these stories that a lot of people are not familiar with. And I don't know. I guess it's just something that is still going to... It's still going to be a fight for a while. And that's to get, like, the Hispanic... Um, what they? Give the Hispanic stories and actors and... Right. Everything else is proper. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. And I was I was happy that, that that movie won the Oscar. That movie about the indigenous Mexican woman. But Oh right, but which we haven't seen yet. Right. Why haven't we seen it yet? We've right. Seen it. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're we are <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That is very true. A lot of a lot of the self self sabotaging I think a lot of Hispanics, Hispanic people are guilty of that. Right. Of not supporting their own Not people. supporting their own. Right. Yeah. But that's our little tangent. Right. <laughs> right. Um, still makes me mad when I only see um, Hispanic people portrayed as maids or um, gardeners, which, I mean, without maids and without gardeners, you know, what would be of this world? But um, Right. But they're not but, only but maids it would, and Right. Um, it seems everybody else gets their fair share of being attorneys and doctors, but uh, where are the Hispanics? 
Right. So, anyway, right. that's my little thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Well, that was a little mini taco. That was that coffee. Taco break. <laughs> that, that coffee. That me. coffee was sitting. <laughs> okay, so you have said that you had a couple of stories that you want to share with us. Um, yeah, um, not really stories. They were actually, um... Real life experiences? Real life experiences. Um, one was, happened, uh, would have been about 1972. Woo! <laughs> and, uh, would have been about... You were 10? 10, yes. I wasn't gonna share my age, but since you blurted it out... I was 10. and um, What is woo about 10? <laughs> it was the 70s. Woo about everything. Um, hmm. But we were... Joining us for Taco Mom uh, Uncut. <laughs> we were... Uh, my mom and my dad and myself were driving home one, one night. It was a beautiful, clear night. I remember we had the windows down and, like always, in my... Uh, dad's vehicle, the radio was going and we were singing or he, he was flipping stations to find us a song. And we were just enjoying the ride home. At that time, there was uh, a lot of open fields uh, going toward our subdivision. And we're Houston, here in Houston? Here in Houston, a very, very popular um, street, Fuqua. We don't live there now. <laughs> out in, yeah, out in um, southeast Houston. And um, so we're we're driving down the road, just bobbing along. And at the same time, my dad and I, something caught our eye because we both looked to the left, to our left, and coming out of the field. And by this time, we're both fixed on what we're seeing. Because I'm looking at him at the back of his head, and I so I know exactly what he where he's looking, and I'm looking at the same thing, and so my dad starts to slow down. Because what we are seeing is a what I know now to be a full body apparition. It was a woman, um, a young woman, um, long hair. And like the effects in the movies. I was going to say, was it like transparent? Or? Yes, it was like transparent. It was just something to behold. And so my dad, he's slowing down and he literally um, comes to a complete stop. There were no other cars on the road. There were no lights, headlights causing reflections. There were no um, street lights out there at that time. It was actually quite dark. So it was, you could see it very, with my dad's headlights, you could see it clear as day. And this apparition just floats right in front of our car, right in front of us, and through to the other right side of the field. Oh, was she, did she look at you or was she looking ahead? No, no, she was just looking ahead. She was just, and you couldn't make out really, make, you couldn't make out any features mm-hmm. or anything. And so my dad looks at my dad 
at the same time, he looks at me in the rearview mirror, and I'm looking at back at him, <laughs> and he says to me, did you see that? Did you see that? And I said, yes, yes, Daddy, I saw it, I saw it. And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, you did see it. And I said, <laughs> yes. He was so excited. And I said, yes, Dad, yes, I did. I saw it. I saw her. We saw her. And my mom, who was in the front seat, did not see. Wow. She didn't have the sight that we had, I guess. Maybe. Um, hmm. Very maybe, she, maybe she was asleep, and then when y'all started yelling, she maybe. woke up. <laughs> I had never thought about that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> she was even kind of um, angry that she, that she hadn't seen it. She said, well, why didn't I see it? I said, I don't know. Me and Daddy saw it. <laughs> we were so excited, and it was just, um, I don't know. I think that, that at, at that young of an age, I had already seen some things. But um, it was very life-affirming. It's like, how can you see something like that and not believe? You've seen it. Mm -hmm. You have actually seen it with your own eyes. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was something that, uh, that happened to mm -hmm. us. Um, and, you know, they say that uh, children will inherit the gift of sight from parents or grandparents. Sometimes it skips a generation. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Um, I believe that that is true because of other experiences that we have had just here in our immediate mm -hmm. family. <laughs> Maybe um, we'll do an, uh, one whole episode dedicated to the dreams that we've had and, and the ways that they've kind of oh, exactly. come See, true. That's a whole, that's a whole yeah, other... Um, but we need to get... Ball of wax, Jen if you will. And Jane and yeah, together because we've had a lot of, of awesome um, experiences. That's a, the yeah. best way to put it. Just awesome, mind blowing experiences that we're yeah. like, what? Right. You know, how can that possibly happen? But um, this is kind of on that level because um, this involves uh, your little brother, my son, Joey. Mm -hmm. Um. He was about three years old, um, tiny little guy, and my husband and your dad had um, <laughs> lost a friend in an accident, in a car accident. He uh, went off, he, was, he lost control of his vehicle, went off into a bayou that runs here in our area, <laughs> and um, he was killed. So about, um, I think it was a couple of months had gone by. Mm -hmm. Now, this happened, and um, I didn't know this person. Mm -hmm. uh, but, of course, your dad, he was a friend of your dad, so your dad told me. and But it never we never spoke about it in front of Joey because he was very little. He was three years old. Right. I don't even really remember hearing about it. Right. Even if Not when it really, when it happened. In front of you guys, because we shielded you from, you know, from news like that. It was not necessary it, uh, to, you know, to tell y'all that. So, um, there's a shopping center down by the bayou mm -hmm. where the accident happened. Right. And so one day, 
we, all of us, are in the car, and you remember this because you were there. And we go to the shopping center, and if you're standing in the doorway of the store, it's only about 100 feet mm-hmm. to where the accident happened, where the car actually went off and, and he was actually killed there. And Joey says, out of the blue, out of the blue, says, that's where daddy's friend is. And he points with his little tiny finger toward that spot. Wow. And I said, and he's looking, he's, eyes are fixed on something and his little finger is pointing mm-hmm. and he and I said what Joey he says daddy's friend that's where he is and he points with his little finger again he repeated it he was three and he was three. Oh wow and so at that point we just all looked at each other nobody said anything we were just in awe of what he had just said and so we just everybody made the sign of the cross and <laughs> you know um did the rest in peace for this um for this person but um that is something that happened with with joey at a very young age and joey has always said to me that that he when he was very little he he would see a a little girl in my room. Hmm. A little girl sitting in my chair. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably Jane. <laughs> walking the halls of walking the halls of our manor <laughs> in the middle of the night. Well, she would really be standing next to you in her when she used to sleepwalk. Right. I had a <laughs> Talk about scary, wake up and you see your your little girl with her long black hair and her little white gown standing there. That can be creepy. It can be adorable, but it can also be kind of creepy. No, I don't think it's adorable. (laughs) Uh, Huh. That's weird. I hadn't, I'd never heard him say about the little girl. Yeah. Yeah. He has told, he actually at a very young age told me that. That, that, no, I don't want to go in there because that, the, um, a, a lady, he mentioned a lady one time and then he mentioned a little girl one time, a couple of times. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have never felt or seen anything in my room, so right. I don't know. But I'm not going to doubt him because that's what I've always been afraid of when I've had experiences to tell anybody because... They're probably not gonna believe me. Right. So, um Well sometimes I think that spirits do pass through on like a, a different plane, on some sort of paranormal plane and they they walk through places. That's what I think. Well yeah, since you you mentioned that, your dad and I had a very, very strange experience one time. In our room, it was. I don't about, know if I want to hear that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> had a couple, but. Stop. It, it was about, um, about three or four o'clock in the morning. Um, 
and our, um, I guess our body clocks, you know, so many years together, our body clocks are on the same schedule and we usually get up at the same time to hit the potty room or get a drink <laughs> of water, if you will. And, um, that particular night we, um, both came back to bed and we, you know, got comfortable how you do and we're both settling down and we're laying there and all of a sudden we hear coming right above our heads. We were both looking up and it was like they were maybe a foot away from our face and it was very loud and it was voices. It sounded like a radio transmission. Very clearly somebody said to somebody else, this way come this way it's this way hmm let's go this way oh my gosh and it was just so loud and so like like some literally some like somebody was holding a an old-fashioned radio right above us mm-hmm. standing there holding it <laughs> blaring down there was and so immediately we both freaked out and we both sat up and we looked at each other and I'm like where did that come from? Well, your dad, um, as always, because of you children, I guess, has always slept in his shorts and T-shirt. Mm-hmm. So he dashed out, went outside to see if he could see something. There was nothing. He went around the whole house, checked it out. There were no airplanes. There were no helicopters. There were no police or sirens that, you know, that... And there wasn't anything going on. It was dead of night. Wow. Was there a smell or anything? No smell. It was just that transmission at that moment. Those two people that were going somewhere, somewhere because they said, this way. Let's go. Let's go this way. Like, almost like they were trying to find their way out of some, something, someplace. Very strange. Hmm. And we never, were never able to explain that. We had a radio by the bed, a clock radio. Mm-hmm. I I tested it. I we turned it on. We, you know, made it all the set different sounds that it makes. And no, this was something. Well, I guess for better words, uh, otherworldly. <laughs> right, like a little explosion of of a f- otherworldly frequency. Right, something. The two realities were. Right. And we were both wide awake. That's really creepy. Yeah, and it never happened again. Um, I have never put the bed back in the same spot where it was at that time. Mm-hmm. You should. No. You <laughs> see well, well, that's absolutely terrifying to know. Yeah. I'd be interested to know what this land was before it was developed. Yes. Imagine all of the history that is here. Right. Um Yeah. Hmm. Well, thanks for sharing that those stories with us. Well, you're welcome. I Thank you for having me on your show, and 
it's always a pleasure and always a pleasure being out with folks out there in podcast land. <laughs> Thanks for listening to my girls, y'all. <laughs> Just to keep y'all filled in, uh, we are going to be moving to bi-weekly episodes. Jane is starting a new job, and I have a lot going on with my choir, and so we just, in order to bring y'all the best content and the best episodes, we feel that going to a bi-weekly format would be best for everybody involved in Tacos and Tales. So hopefully Jane remembers to go out to King Taco in California which is the restaurant that was founded by the man who opened the first taco truck. Oh. Did you know that? Oh. We talked about that on another is episode. Is he Hispanic? Yeah. Oh, good for him. I think, <laughs> I think his name is Raul Martinez. Uh-huh. And he, he uh, opened the first taco truck outside of a bar. And from that one taco truck, he turned it into a multi-million dollar empire. And it's called King Taco. Wow. Venezuela and California. Mm-hmm. So I will remind her about that. So hopefully she'll post some pictures of that on Instagram. And if you haven't followed us yet, make sure that you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Tacos and Tales Podcast and on Twitter at Tacos and Tales. Is there anything else that you want to say, Mom? Just um, have a lovely week. God bless. And I'll be back.